Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Rodenverse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Roden in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Before we dive in, I want to remind everyone that in only a month's time, my debut novel Home to the Wild is coming out on all platforms in paperback and ebook. So if you like found families, wolves, Tarzan-esque sort of stories with queer themes, you can order Home to the Wild right now. I'm so excited. This has been so many years in the process and I can't wait for you all to read it. So I hope you enjoy and uh, let's dive into the main bit of the episode because today we're continuing our timeline journey with the Son of Neptune section entitled Finding the Amazons, which are from pages 297 to 342. As always, I've got my points to focus on, so today we've got magic lore, demonization of femininity, and generally what I thought of it. So let's dive into it. So it is mainly from Hazel's point of view, these chapters, so this is the overview for Hazel's section. Hazel is struggling after everything Phineas has said about her, but finally opens up fully to her friends. It is while Percy is questioning her about her time in the underworld that she has another blackout. But this time, Frank goes with her. They are in the underworld where Hazel is being judged by the judges on where she... I couldn't think of another word for what they were doing, or what they were, on where she should end up. And there's a lot of debate about her actions. It is when she hears that her mother may be sent to the fields of punishments, which, by the way, is completely unfair... Does she ask for leniency and takes on part of the burden? Both she and her mother are sentenced to a possible, I'm saying this wrong, um, basically the, it's like purgatory kind of, I guess, where Hazel stays conscious and aware of everything happening around her, though not of time passing, for what would be eternity. It is here that Frank opens up to Hazel about his own burden, after telling her what she and her mother received was not fair. Hazel is given his stick as he trusts and believes in her, which helps Hazel believe in herself. Eventually, in the dream world, Nico arrives and the two leave the blackout. They've arrived in Seattle at that point and the Pax, the boat, uh, is quite literally dead in the water now. Um, <laughs> and basically Frank says he trusts and believes in hate oh no I've repeated that bit oh my god um, <laughs> Seattle Pax is broken and Ella the harpy who's come with them by the way has says that not only will Hazel have no more blackouts but that Ella has no interest in being with the Amazons who they are there to meet which is smart because the moment they meet the Amazons ironically at Amazon uh, they all get captured <laughs> um 
But, you know, things aren't going particularly well with the Amazons because trouble is brewing among them. Because their first ever leader has returned from the dead and has challenged Hyla, Raina's sister, for the Queen's title. With the boys put in jail, Hazel tells Hyla everything and Hyla her. Hyla will die if the Death God is not freed soon and Hazel is the only one who can help. But first, it's time for a jailbreak. Turns out that escaping the Amazons isn't that hard when some of them are on your side because they hate the old queen. Oh, and a magic super fast horse definitely helps. And that's basically the overview for Hazel's chapters. I want to go there is more about the blackout and that whole situation than anything to do with the Amazons. And like, this is a bit, we'll get to it. I have a lot of problems, <laughs> but initial feedback. So the commentary that like when Hazel was telling the story to Percy and Frank, particularly to Frank, but Percy can obviously, obviously overhear. Um, she mentions that she leaves out the information about Sammy, her boyfriend. And Hazel, my love, <laughs> you and Sammy kissed once and then you leave the country. Is that, no, Alaska's not in a different country. She she leaves the state. She's like basically in another country because Alaska borders Canada, doesn't it? So you're like, yeah, she is, she's in a different place. <laughs> um, they were never boyfriend, girlfriend. She disappeared for nearly a year after their first kiss. And I just, I just, I hate to break it to you, Hazel, but that was not a relationship. That was something that, that could have been, it could have been a relationship, but obviously you disappeared, so, you know, it never really got there. And the whole situation is weird, but anyway. <laughs> um, I, I will be going into this more when we get to the magical lore thing. I have no idea how these dream blackout things work. And honestly, the fact that we never figure out how they work or have any explanation for it is just really annoying. Add in that it also makes no sense how Frank is pulled into It's just the whole thing's weird. Um, and then obviously on the other point that I'm going to be addressing, what does Grick have against groups of female warriors? Because I swear, every time we're seeing a group of women, they're all terrible. Um, it's just like, seriously, the Amazons are holding men as captives with iron collars, which is way too similar to the imagery of slavery, as Hazel herself points out. Because they suppose, but it's not slavery because they know their place. I just again, I'll talk about this more later. It's just, it's just so dumb. But just with the Amazon thing in general, the whole Amazon plot is so dumb. Like it has some much later implications which are important in the fact that I'm going to see Hyla and be like, "Hey, Camp Jupiter needs your help." that's important yes but just this whole this side plot again with the whole Phineas thing just feels so unnecessary we're getting one thing out of it which technically could have been done on like a passing thing of like they meet the Amazons or they're captured by the Amazons on the way there because of this current conflict with the old queen and like maybe okay this is a way to have made it so much different Different and better, in my opinion, and it's just solely my opinion, you don't have to agree, is that the Amazons are split down the middle, which is currently what's happening anyway. They are split down the middle because of the old queen. The old queen and her group of Amazons who sided with her capture Percy, Hazel, and Frank. 
because they don't want them like they think hold on yeah no we'll just have that they capture them because they want to take them and you know help Gaia complete the prophecy they're going to take them straight to the titan not the titan to the giant he'll kill them all this sort of stuff um but Hyla and her group of Amazons swoop in and save them and it's then that we have this interaction with Hyla about hey you need to go and help Camp Jupiter to which she says first I have to get rid of this old queen like there is a simple way to do that where it adds in a complication of oh shit our hero is in trouble and just kind of makes it more exciting because things are not exciting at the moment I'm not gonna lie this plot's kind of boring at the moment <laughs> it's feeling like I used to say Son of Neptune was one of my favorites but reading it now I know it's gonna be because I'm doing it from an analytical standpoint but nothing's happening that is of interest to me right now like the plot is just dragging and it's not even like it's not even that long and it feels like it's dragging but yeah this whole <laughs> rick please stop with these pointless side quests like rework them they need reworking if we ever get a heroes of olympus adaptation firstly that needs to be condensed to hell of a lot animation 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 um but rework a lot of these things to make it flow so much better because like too many things are happening that don't need to be happening or it could have been done in a way that's a lot more concise because like we've spent what was it so we were on page 297 to 342 uh 10 so that's 40 pages is that 40 pages oh god i'm so bad at maths jesus um let's let's just do let's just do a calculation it's three four what was the page number three four two take two nine seven okay it's 45 pages 45 pages to set up something that happens at the end of the book that and they also get the fast horse but the fast horse hazel has a connection to anyway she could have just stumbled upon him randomly Again, well not randomly to have some point to it um but it could have even still have happened with hyla just in the way that i describe it of like they're captured by the bad amazons and rescued by the good ones because also that'd be a good way of showing like this is, oh, okay this would be a perfect metaphor because the amazons are currently and again i get into this later are given the radical feminist thing same with the hunters of artemis of like men must be subservient and or they've got to be happy about it which feels very radical feminism so have the bad queen with those sides of amazons being the radical feminists the ones that are bad and have hyla be actual feminists who yes they don't really want to be around men that much like they just see men as you know people you can procreate with but they'd rather live in a society of women because it's safer for them that's completely fair enough i'm into that it's like a i can't think of the right term i was gonna say commune but i don't think that's it but <laughs> but it still works of like they can have relationships with men because that was the thing that they did do in mythology they did have relationships with men but it was like once a year or something like that and it was just for procreation really whereas in this case like they could just have relationships with men when they when they want to have sex i mean female pleasure all for it have that um without actually hating the men and kind of basically having them as slaves i'd hate that so much because <laughs> that is the radical feminism element and no 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 
Um, so yeah, there's a way to do it that also makes the Amazons look better instead of this weirdly radical feminist thing that they've been doing, that Rick has done for them and obviously the Hunters of Artemis too. But um, the only other thing that I want to mention as well, as you know, I'm going to go into, no, 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 I'm just going to go into the main plot elements because I've got a lot to say, just to stay, a lot to say, specifically first with the magical law. And Amelia, I don't have that much to say with this one, but I do have some things that I'm very confused about. So firstly, as I mentioned, Hazel's blackouts make no sense. No sense at all. Frank joining her in the blackout until the point that it ends, and that's the end of her journey in the underworld and her terrible past or whatever, makes no sense. The fact that by having Frank there and for her to share her story with him literally stops the blackouts makes no sense whatsoever. I I truly do not understand the point of these blackouts, except for basically visual exposition. But we've literally already shown ways to show backstory with Frank, where he has a memory of his own, where he thinks about, you know, when he was back home in Canada, where he was angry at his grandma because of, you know, the fact that his mum had died. Those things, like, do that why have these blackouts that have no there is no logic behind them we get no explanation it's been like they're mentioned here and there occasionally throughout the series but basically this is the only book where there's a real reference to them it's just i think they have one more blackout at some point in is it mark of athena maybe mark of athena because it's when they have the stupid fucking love triangle but like what is the point? I literally, I do not understand how they work. I do not understand how they stopped. <laughs> this is the issue I sometimes have with Rick's magic system. Is that sometimes, and it's because he has a soft magic system. I like soft magic systems. After the last Iabender Ledger of Korra, soft magic system. Love it. Harry Potter, soft magic system. Don't like Harry Potter, but that's an, ex- an example. But it's things like this, where Rick is basically just saying... This is the thing that happens. Accept it. Where I'm like, no, because it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> there, I don't, I don't understand. Like, just have Hazel think back on those times instead of randomly sending her back into her memory, and have her black out about it. It's just, I'm, I'm having such a tough time. <laughs> I just, I. I need an explanation. I first maybe I do get one later, but for for right now, I'm annoyed because I do not understand and it makes no sense to me. The blackouts, while I guess interesting in premise, explain why it's happening. <laughs> I I would literally I'd be all for it if I actually understood why. But we'd never understand why. And the fact they keep saying no more blackouts, and then literally in the next or either the next or the one after that, no, it's only going to be the next book, I think. Wait, when do they next have their POVs? I don't remember now. Um, hold on, what was the next book? I don't think it was Mark of Athena. Um, it may have been House of Hades. Hold on. Um, oh POV, POV distribution. Okay, I found it. <laughs> Um, that was so quick, uh, except now my Wi-Fi is not working it. Okay, 
Um, okay, so no, no, so it's House of Hades. So House of Hades is when they have, I think, I think, and I'm saying I think with like huge explanation point because I don't actually know. Okay, no, so Leo also has a POV in House of Hades. So okay, it's either in Mark of Athena or House of Hades, it's one of them. Where she then does have another blackout flashback. That time with Leo. And just, why say no more blackouts if then she's going to have another one again later? I'm, and with no explanation then either. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. But for another lore thing, far too many things are happening in Heroes of Olympus with little to no explanation and it's very irritating because another example of it is Thanatos' release. Because it's, it makes no fucking sense. So we've released the Death God at the end of this. It's like a spoilers, but you know there's spoilers in this anyway. Thanatos is released at the end of this book or near in the bits before the end of the book. And death becomes permanent-ish again. But huge emphasis on the ish. Because then we also still have to go close slash free the doors of death later. So death is still not permanent because the doors of death are still open. So so what is the point of Thanatos being captured if the doors of death are still open? I just, I'm actually mad thinking about it. Let's just pick one or the other. You can't have all oh, the freeing of the death god and you know, will help keep death a bit more permanent and then also have the doors of death. Like just just have the doors of death. Just have the or don't even have I don't it's just There's a lot of contradictions in this. Maybe I'm just missing something, but to me the logic is not logicing because you've got a chained death god who is stopping death from happening but then also chained doors of death that are also stopping death from staying dead. You've just got two things that are doing the same thing and both of them have their own books for freeing them. I'm mad. I'm really mad. (laughs) But moving on to another thing that makes me mad. The demonization of femininity. Because I'm not a fan, shocker, of the Amazons' portrayal at all. Due to the very similar reasons why I hate the image of the Hunters of Artemis. Because they're portrayed in a way that makes no sense to me. Amazons, it makes a little bit more sense to me, actually. Like, their their antagonisation towards men. Because the Amazons were created, basically, because men were abusing them during their time. So they killed all the men in their village and became warriors and were blessed by Ares and and I think also the hunters um no they were blessed by Ares and Artemis as far as I'm aware but mainly Ares like Ares is the main one uh but they were blessed by them basically it was just like yeah hope female power we love it but they still you know enjoy sex with men so that's why they weren't fully blessed by hunters of Artemis but they lived in a sole female society. They still had issues with men. Like, they mentioned Hercules stealing Hippolyta's belt. They had their original leader killed by... Well, they had one of their queens killed by Achilles. And then one of their original queens killed by someone else. So they've got a reason to hate men. 
but and not even just hate men they've got a reason to not trust men or like being around men for long periods of time unlike the hunters where like they kind of have this similar reasoning but their hatred towards men is just weird anyway firstly they are the introduction to them they're justified in attacking percy because he's interrupting them and it's disrespectful but the continuous firstly the the attacking of frank made no sense to me because he hasn't done anything <laughs> um percy's continued attacks make sense because he's a he's a sarcastic little asshole um but i just everything about the amazon's portrayal sorry my voice went really high everything about the amazon's portrayal just doesn't make sense to me but the one that stood out to me the most is the comments from Hyla in relation to when she was like a, a, a supporter of Cersei and she was on Cersei's island. And she's basically hating on the fact that she used to wear dresses and makeup. Um, and she's just bashing it. She's just like, oh, if you'd see me then you'd be absolutely horrified. And I'm like, Rick, women can beat people up and still be feminine. I just... Lara Croft. Lara Croft is insanely beautiful. She has moments of being able to express her sexuality and femininity and still and can still kick ass. I bit my tongue while saying that. Ow. Um Oh, what's another I can't think of another good example. Um Lucy Lou. Just her as a person. Lucy Lou can kick your ass and look incredible doing it. Just Charlie's Angels, isn't it? Just Charlie's Angels. They all look incredible. And they'll kick your ass. I just... Rick, why don't you understand this? Like, I just... I hate it. Also, the men being in collars and prisoners jumpsuits. Hate, 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 hate. Because the Amazons, as they say themselves, don't hate men. But like I was saying before, they also don't really engage with men. Unless they are seeking sexual pleasure uh, and procreation for the next generation. And, you know, it's comfort, basically. The only justification I can make for men being there, so this is the whole thing, so they have like men basically work, and this, mm, they have men working in a servitude to, as servants basically, but with collars and jumpsuits, which mm, I hate, 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 but the only justification that I would make for men being there, which should be put in the narrative, is that these men volunteered to be subservient to the Amazons, or they choose to work there because they respect the power of women, and in return are offered a similar respect, even though they're in subservient roles. Because, okay, now I know this is the kid series, but this is not meant to be inherently sexual. But the BDSM communities have things like this in a non-sexual manner of a dominant and subservient role that's decided in a mutual and healthy manner, in that the dominant person will respect the person that they are with and only treat them badly if that is what they are wanting but they were the ones being being in sole control of that situation and the subservient member of that relationship will in turn respect their dominant and also do whatever they wish to make the dominant happy because that in turn makes them happy that is what should have been in a sense put in to the amazon dynamic with the men in you know in the amazon warehouse basically i just that would just make more sense to me because 
that makes logical sense as to how this relationship would would work because i'm just not fond of the way rick is writing all of these female groups to hate men or just not even just hate men but to treat men badly because it's giving this image of you know the uh, like basically just thinking that anyone who's a feminist is like this like that's how it's being written and that's how it's being portrayed to me and i hate it because i'm just i'm not a fond of the way in which the amazon characters are speaking to men or speaking about men and how it's portrayed because like i said yeah it's just it feels like 2010's idea of feminism because um if feminism got into power women would take it too far and this will be what happens to men because no that's fucking bollocks like amazons in in history weren't like this like i was saying they didn't like men due to the horrific treatment that men committed against women but they didn't keep them as slaves and i'm sorry rick what's happening here is slavery like what it's and hazel has every right to be upset about this the thing that i hated the most about it is that when hazel brings this up like outrage just like oh my god you keep them as slaves and kenzie basically sort of like snorts in amusement about hazel a young black girl who they even know later on is from the 1940s you know during segregation she laughs basically over her outrage and almost disgust over this clear representation of slavery that whole scene made me so uncomfortable and the whole presentation of the Amazons, and the same with the Hunters of Artemis, just makes me really uncomfortable, because it's just, it's kind of offensive. And I'm not saying that Rick is like, someone who's not a, a feminist, he's uh, all these sort of things. I think he's gotten better at it, at portraying like female groups and all this sort of stuff. I do think he still has an issue with how he portrays the Hunters of Artemis and how he uses the Hunters of Artemis in the series. The Amazons basically never appear again, so that's why i'm not really discussing them but this is something that really needs to be fixed in the adaptation because the hunters and the amazons are are a real problem in the series because female groups yes they can sometimes be really shitty but in reality It's not like Lord of the Flies where a group of women will come together and just be awful and like kill anyone on sight or attack anyone on sight or treat a specific group of people terribly. More than anything, societies made up predominantly of women are very healthy. I, I don't know, it's just... I just, I don't like it. I just hate how feminism and femininity are demonised in this series. And the, the demonization of femininity never gets better. I, I'm going to say that straight up. It never gets better. Everyone is a tomboy strong girl. No one is a feminine strong girl. And I hate it. And I don't really have anything else I really want to say about this section. Because there is nothing particularly good that I find about this section of the book. It's a pointless plot element that could have could have been so much better with the thing that i suggested of having two split groups of the amazons of for the old queen and the new queen of hyla um and just add some tension add some communication and connection have the amazons actually be better and more connected to what they're like in in mythology 
Um, and I don't know, it just... I'm getting disappointed. Son of Neptune is not as good as I remember it to be. Um, and I realise these episodes are just kind of getting more and more not fun for everyone. So hopefully you're still enjoying these. I, I, I don't know if people are going to be enjoying these anymore. I don't have the biggest audience in general, but each and every one of you are cool. Um, so I hope you don't mind my, my ranting and raving about the issues that I have with this series. Because again, I still I still love Percy Jackson. I love it so much. But it's got some serious issues that I really do hope are addressed in the adaptation. But anyway, let's get into the thing that you're all waiting for, which is this week's question of the episode. So I want to know, were you uncomfortable with the portrayal of the Amazons in Heroes of Olympus? And uh, yeah, that'll be going up on our social media and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this. Um, as always, thank you for joining me for this section, uh, this week's segment and be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our own verse journey. Oh, and remember, be sure to pre-order Home to the Wild if you enjoy found families and wolves. Bye everyone. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically wherever you listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royal Universe content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see, shall I speak to you all next time. Bye.